Welcome to the first episode of Queer Happiness Happens Here. I'm Whit Fuller, a queer trans masculine journalism student here at the University of Utah. This podcast is dedicated to queer embodiments and expressions of joy through resources and community building on campus. For this episode, I interviewed staff and student staff at the LGBT Resource Center about their experiences, resources available through the center, and expressions of queer joy. I sat down with Jesus Lopez, the center's community marketing and communications specialist, to talk about his experiences with the center and community outreach through marketing and social media management. He is a constant presence in the center's Discord server and on Instagram, curating engaging content and entertaining graphics to keep his peers in the loop. He is quiet and well-spoken during our conversation but his enthusiasm and love for the center is clear in every word. Honestly, like what my job entails is that I do a lot of like the ads and marketing for the center. So a lot of the issues that you see on our Instagram or on our Instagram stories, I do a lot of that. I also do a lot of the Discord things. So like the announcements that we get weekly, I write those up as well. And another big part is also the newsletter. I plan that out and send it out as well. Why did you choose to get involved with the LGBT Resource Center? I think it was just you know, being a part of the community, at least for me, I didn't really get involved with it in my early years of university. So when the opportunity came to me, I thought it would be like a good chance to, you know, really support the community and do work, you know, for the community. Have there been any specific instances where you feel like you've been able to really do that work and connect with the community? Yeah, I think especially like with Fat Fridays, another big part of that is that I also help with that alongside Addie, our other communications and marketing so I think just being involved with like the students planning out activities that has made me feel like really involved with them. Have you had any experiences in the center while you've been working where you've seen people really connecting with staff or connecting with each other in the space? Yeah I think especially with a lot of our student staff students really feel comfortable talking to them about specific challenges that they're facing and you know past that even just like you know very simple things like saying hello like how has your week been just being very friendly with each other and i think that's like really amazing to see what advice would you maybe have for queer students on campus who haven't gotten in touch with the center but might be wanting just knowing that we're here for you and that our work is to serve you and that we have these resources available for everyone to utilize when people think of like a center and stuff i think people often get scared because it is like this part of the school and i think they sort of connect it to like other centers that maybe might not be as i guess inviting many people don't realize like we have a lounge too many people think it's just like an office space yeah i guess just knowing that you know we're here for the students shelby hearn the coordinator of education and leadership at the center has a comfortable office space next to the front desk They invited me in and we talked about their history with community outreach, engagement, and activism, their current role at the center, and how students can get involved, all while surrounded by rainbows, pride flags, a shelf of books on queerness, and a display of notes from those influenced and affirmed by their work. Right now, I'm the only full-time staff person in the LGBT Resource Center, so kind of my role encompasses the whole office. The primary stuff that I oversee is um, so our educational initiatives, which looks like our workshops on gender and sexuality and identity and how to be like in solidarity with LGBT communities. So we have a workshops program that are for students, as well as our Queer Conversations series, which is a dialogue-based series 
activities that explores the intersections of race and queer and trans identity. We do those in the fall and the spring, and then there's a Queer Conversations book club over the summer. And our like LGBT history stuff is also, you know, under education, or, like social media campaigns that we do throughout the year as well for different like historic or awareness days. And then on the leadership development side of things, kind of the, the primary program there is our Queer Emerging Student Leaders program. It's a 12, 13 week program in spring semester where students queer, like our traditional ideas of leadership, it comes with a scholarship and they get to go on a retreat and meet local leaders in Utah that are doing really great work in various areas of our community, both like queer and trans related stuff, but also like undocumented and immigrant justice work art activism and other like you know, gender-based violence, all sorts of different work that students get to engage with and, and learn about. And I run our volunteer program as well. So those are a couple of the primary programs at our office that I run. I also meet one-on-one with students and just provide like support, answer questions, connect them to other resources on campus. I answer questions from like creating a coming out plan with family or how do I get my professor to stop misgendering me to people want to know how they can support a loved one who is maybe transitioning or learning something new about their gender or sexual identity. So yeah, I chat with students about all sorts of stuff. How did you get involved with the center? It was my first job, is my first job out of graduate school. I graduated with a master's in education from Loyola, Chicago. Before that, I was an undergraduate. I was a student activist on my own campus where we didn't have an LGBT resource center. We didn't have really any institutional support or resources for queer and trans individuals. We did have a really long, well-established student organization called Lambda, and it had been around since like the 1970s, which is when a lot of student organizations in the United States around LGBT issues started to pop up. I became president of that organization and was really involved on my campus in trying to get better policies and practices and really advocating for an LGBT center or a full-time staff person. I did get our single stall restrooms on campus that already existed that, you know, called family restrooms sometimes did get the signage changed to gender-free restrooms, which we were the first campus in the state of Georgia to do that. That's how I kind of got involved in, like, college-based LGBT advocacy, and I enjoyed it. I enjoyed the community aspect of it and supporting others and learned that it was just something that I was good at. And so went to school for it and got my master's degree and with the intent to return to doing LGBT student support and advocacy as a career. So you have a history of (laughs) doing a lot of this sort of community outreach specifically for LGBTQ students. And I think it definitely shows stepping into your office. It's just, it's gay. (laughs) Has there been like a particular experience with your time here at the LGBT Resource Center where a student has approached you or like particularly connected with you at the center? In all sorts of different instances, really, it's hard to pick out just one just because I've had students really connect with me who were like in a single workshop and just like really got a lot out of it and came up to me at the end and talked to me about how they plan to take what they learned and and, and put it to work in their job as like a resident assistant or an office assistant elsewhere on campus and that's always really exciting to hear and that might be like the last time I ever hear that student but like there's like this a lot of excitement and connection there and I can tell that you know 
getting to have the conversations that we had was really impactful. And then there's other students who, I guess it was last, was it last? Yeah, I think it was this past spring was probably the first time I saw students who I'd like met as first years and saw them graduate at Lavender graduation, which is our little commencement ceremony of our own that we do. For LGBT students, Lavender graduation is a nationally held event at colleges across the country. That was a really big deal. Had a couple of students who spoke and who like explicitly thanked me and thanked my old director, Claire, for the support that we had provided. Yeah, lots of different like really great relationships with students that I've made. I still, some students who've graduated, I still get coffee with and they check up on me and I check in with them. Any resources that you can think of just for students who might want to get involved with the center or start showing up at events but they're not really sure how or they might be nervous? I totally get feeling nervous about just like showing up at events like Fab Fridays and all, particularly like mid-semester because it can, I know I can get in my head at least about like, oh, everyone here knows each other already and you know, I'm just gonna be this like odd person out. And I would say like event-wise, if it feels too spooky to come like straight into a Fab Friday, I would really just recommend coming by the lounge during the week so we're open Monday through Friday, 8 to 5. We're actually open till 6 on Tuesdays. Because I think the lounge is it's, it's significantly more low-key than Fab Fridays, just in terms of like generally it's quieter because a lot of people tend to like be studying or a lot of napping taking place in the lounge. I find it's like a more accessible way to at the very least like maybe meet a few other students, but also like an opportunity to meet a lot of our student staff who, who will either be working or they also just hang out here when they're not working and they are kind of they're your person who you can always talk to at a fab friday or at the queer and trans students of color student events that my colleague olga rodriguez runs every other tuesday those are your people that you're like all right i know olga i know jesus i know addy and so i can say hey to them and they can introduce me to someone they know or they can get me involved in whatever game we're playing and you know so it's a good way to kind of dip your toe in just coming by the lounge and meeting the staff and maybe some other folks who are hanging out it's a friendly and comfy place you know if even that, I think, sometimes still is not necessarily something that feels accessible for folks just yet, like, on their journey. In which case, like, I do recommend our Discord server, too. It is almost, like, 300-some people strong at this point. It's a really good opportunity, again, to, like, dip your toe into queer community. You can see, I think, just by the numbers, as well as just, like, what people are talking about and sharing there, that whatever you're feeling, you're not the only one experiencing that. If you go through like the questions people ask of each other in the Discord server, like, you know, people will answer in droves of like, oh yeah, that happened to me too. Yeah, that is really frustrating. A lot of validation, a lot of affirmation that you're not the only one who's like experiencing something. And you don't have to have your government name be your Discord like username. You don't have to have whatever name you use at the U. You can have whatever profile picture or username on there that you want. Try on pronouns, try something different week to week. It's a good place to, again, just like test the waters a bit in a way that I think the anonymity of the internet can like provide some comfort there. What's an experience of queer joy that you've had recently? Well, we did just have our gala. So that was our 20th birthday and celebration and it's our annual fundraiser that gets us funds for our scholarships program. We have three different scholarships now through some partnerships with the U alumni office and so we're able to give out a lot of scholarships during the year which is really exciting. And the gala is 
a large part of how we raised money for it. And so we had our 20th birthday gala just a few weeks ago on Halloween weekend, and it was just such an incredible showing of community. Even though I've been here for a little over three years now and have learned a lot about our center's history, I still like getting to talk to people who were here 20 years ago when our office first opened. Like I learned so much and gained even like a deeper appreciation for the space that we have created over two decades. Yeah, I was definitely like overcome with a lot of queer joy, like hearing people's stories about where the center started and how it how it's grown over the time and how many different people it has impacted. And not only students, but the faculty and staff who have engaged with this office and who advocated for it and who have been really great partners and you know co-conspirators really. Hearing how it's had an impact on them was like a real delight. And then of course, like we had a drag show and really cool aerialists performing too, which was pretty stellar. So really, really enjoyed that experience of 300 some of the LG Resource Center's closest friends coming together to support us in having another 20 years. Yeah, we're really lucky to be on a campus just like generally that's had a LGBT Resource Center for 20 years because I want to say the amount of universities and colleges in the country that have a dedicated like center isn't much over 100. Others will have like a full-time staff member or two who work a multicultural student affairs office or center for diversity office. We have this established center since 2002. Like think about like what was happening politically in Utah in 2002. Knowing that, yeah, we've been here longer than Utah Pride Center. We've been here longer than Encircle. We've been doing this work for our community for a really long time. Olga Rodriguez invited me to conduct the interview in her office, a modest room off to the side of the center's main lounge, where most of the hanging out, studying, and unspoken support happens at the center. As the coordinator of Queer and Trans Students of Color Initiatives, or QTSOC coordinator, Olga creates a space for students who are queer, trans, and students of color to exist with both of their identities in mind and affirmed. She is an energetic personality who greets everyone and knows students who frequent the lounge by name. Her passion for her identity as a queer Latina woman and outgoing personality make her role on the staff critical in providing space for students to be entirely as they are. Yes, I just help create community, specifically for those who identify as part of the LGBT community and also a person of color. Having those two intersectionalities can be extremely difficult, so it's just all about making sure these students feel supported and home here. You set up a bunch of events for the community. There have been like several QT sock posters on campus and mm -hmm. stuff that I've seen. How's your attendance been like for events that you've hosted? Attendance at this point of the semester is always low. Usually across campus at this point of the semester is low due to, you know, just midterms and semester jitters. <laughs> Usually, you know, we always start off pretty strong. We always have at least five people about every single event. It's always a good crowd. But yeah, you, you usually start off and end strong. It's the middle that sometimes gets up. How'd you get involved with the LGBT Resource Center? So I used to work at Center for Equity and Student Belonging. And there I was a peer mentor. So I was always connecting students back to the LGBT Resource Center. And that's how I met the old director, Claire Lemke. And she was the one who told me to apply for this position. And now we're here. So how long have you been in this position? This is my second year in the position. Yeah. 
Yeah, not, not that long. <laughs> I mean, that's that's a pretty long time to be involved in something on campus. Yeah, though. that is true. <laughs> it goes to on campus, yeah. Have there been any experiences that you've had where you've noticed people coming into the center and feeling particularly connected? Yes, there have been multiple instances. I think that's my favorite part about working here is seeing the security and the safety students feel. I think my favorite instance of seeing students feel safe and secure has to be at our big QT welcome event that we had at the beginning of the semester, which was a pool party. And I would not shut up that rest of that weekend about how happy that pool party made me to see so many queer and trans students feel comfortable kissing their partner, cuddling, wearing their swimsuit, wearing makeup, you know, wearing trans tape, like all of that was so amazing to see and it was really great seeing that and I think that that's definitely my favorite part of seeing students feel happy was at that pool party because how many students will ever get that chance? Not a lot. Yeah. I can't say that I've ever been swimming in an environment that is trans and queer inclusive Mm -hmm. so that's huge. Yeah, yeah. So that one's definitely my favorite. I can see why. Yeah. sure. What's an experience of queer joy that you've had recently? Oh, I love this question. Queer joy I've had recently. I won the LGBT trivia night that we had. <laughs> yeah, that was my queer joy. You could see my earth sign getting overwhelmed with that. That was, I think that was my queer joy was winning trivia night. I also think Halloween, I had a really queer Halloween. Mm-hmm. I started being part of the queer metal scene mm-hmm. in Sale. So I just spent Halloween with a lot of queer metal heads. That sounds amazing. Yeah. Like, perfect. Yeah, it was. So, yeah. And those are some queer joys. I mean, my life is the embodiment of queer joy. That's so good. That is everything I want for every queer person. Yeah. All right. Well, thank you thank for you. taking time to do this. Thank you. This was fun. What? I was inspired to conduct these interviews at a time when legislation and violence against the queer community has seemingly pervaded safe spaces for queer and trans people all over the world. The members of the LGBT Resource Center staff are here to support students in the community and connect them to resources during this difficult time. As they've shown here, moments of queer joy can act as resistance against all of the negativity faced by queer communities and reaching out to have a conversation or merely exist with other members of the queer community is more than enough. Those simple acts of resistance deserve protection, and so does our community. Thanks for listening. I'm Whit Fuller, and have a joyfully queer day.